Hajia lost her family, was abducted by terrorists, forced to marry multiple times, managed to escape, but her life and her body changed forever. I was out of town when Boko Haram militants attacked Burma in 2014. By the time I returned, my husband had been killed. My children, Hawa, who was four years, and Sadiq, who was seven years, had been abducted and taken to the group's forest hideout. I could not live with both tragedies. So I tracked down the terrorists, surrendered myself, and spent the following two years and some months in their camp, hoping to escape eventually with my son and daughter. I came back with a sickness. This is Vestiges of Violence, a weekly podcast about personal stories of violence victims. For Human Angle, I am Hamida. As soon as Hajia was captured, she was forced to marry members of the same group that killed her husband, even though the wounds were still fresh. I was married three times. You cannot stay there without getting married. I came up with different excuses, but to no avail. First, I said I wanted to observe the four months and 10 days waiting period for Muslim women who are divorced or who have lost their husbands. But they refused because they said my husband died an infidel and the waiting period does not apply. Then I complained that I was ill, but this only made them leave me for a short while. After some days, they brought someone and said I should marry him. I can then go to him for treatment. I had to. Hajia's new husband was very strict and she could not move around. The marriage soon ended, but the terrorists were not done assigning husbands to her. I then married another husband and then a third. My third husband was lenient. He allowed me to move and even took me to see his relatives in Basa, near Fulka. It was the first time I saw the main road. He later went to fight at Bita and got killed there. Having had the rare chance of visiting the city, she mastered the roads and returned to them as she escaped to Bama with Hawa and Sadiq. Hajia was arrested in Bama and taken to Giwa Barracks a notorious military detention center that has mushroomed in Meidoguri, Borno State's capital, since the insurgency started. One day, a non-governmental organization visited the facility and requested to conduct general tests for the detainees. After the exercise, the aid workers started giving piles of drugs to a group of at least 10 detainees. But they had no idea what the drugs were for. We started complaining that why were we always taking drugs? They told us we were suffering from a disease and we needed to take them. We then refused to continue. So they later came and disclosed that we were HIV positive. We had to start taking our drugs. I was not aware that I had caught the virus because I was not severely ill and all I was thinking about was my freedom. When they told me, I immediately suspected that it had to be from one of my three husbands in Sambisa. 
Sometime in 2017, she was released from Giwa Barracks alongside other infected detainees and taken to Omaru Shehu Hospital, also in the capital city of Meidoguri, where they were given new drugs. At the hospital, she complained the drugs were making her dizzy, and the healthcare providers replied that hunger must have contributed to this. Hajia says the side effects persisted even after she started taking adequate food. So, she stopped. But her biggest problem is fear of discrimination. She has seen the worst happen to other infected people. There was one lady that died of the disease a year ago. When she fell ill, people were not even visiting her because they feared they would be infected. We were the only ones who used to visit her and give her food and other things. When she died, she was not buried until after over 30 hours. When her relatives were called, they said there were other relatives closer to her than them. So her close relatives had to come from outside the camp to give her a burial. There was another woman who was shy to collect her drugs. She became sick and she died. Her husband died six months later. Then there was one mechanic man who died of HIV and people were avoiding interaction with his wife. She had to leave for Burma and started taking her drugs. They don't want to even sit in one place with people living with HIV. Women like Hachia, who got married to terrorists before escaping, are often mocked by others at the IDP camps and tagged Boko Haram wives. But Hajia has earned their sympathy because they understand she went to Sambisa to rescue her children and appreciate her uncommon courage. She is, however, frightened she might get discriminated against for another reason, her HIV status. They don't know, and I don't want them to know. If people know about those that are infected, they will keep away from them. I wake up very early to take my drugs because I don't want anyone to see them. Even my mother does not know. One day she saw my drugs and she asked. I told her it was for heart disease. I don't want the news to induce her hypertension. Hajia did not have a child with any of her husbands inside Sambiza, but gave birth to his second son after regaining her freedom. He is positive too, and so, has to take drugs regularly. She wants to marry someone who understands the struggle. If I wanted to marry anyhow, I would have done so since, but I don't want to cause problems to someone who is negative by infecting him. I still want to marry someone who is positive. This is an episode of Vestiges of Violence. It was written by Anita Eboibim and edited by Osato Edupayi, produced by Abba Toko. A quick note about our voice acting or dramatizations in this episode are based on actual interviews conducted with the subject. Voice acting by Maryam Mustafa. The consulting producer is Osato Edupayi. Senior producer is Anita Eboibim. The executive producer is Ahmed Selkida. For more stories, go to humanangle.ng and find more episodes wherever you get your podcasts. I am Hamida. <laughs>